Darker Days of Dorothy Gale Aftermath For Episode 19 And Episode 20 Chapter 15 The Proposition And Chapter 16 The Precipice This week's Aftermath is a bit different. Instead of covering one chapter, I'm covering two. Also, a bit of an apology. If you're binge-listening in the future or something, I suppose it doesn't really matter. If you're one of the five or so people that listen as the episodes drop on a weekly basis, I'm sorry it took so long to come back. I honestly had every intention of keeping the show running throughout the summer. I took a break, I came back for a couple episodes, I took another break, and kind of just kept on breaking for the other two months. Anyways, because of that, my episode schedule got a little out of sorts. And when I came back, I ended up posting a regular chapter on a Friday when I would normally post an aftermath chapter, and, well, you probably don't care about this explanation. Either way, I'm back, and this whole two-chapter aftermath thing is not going to be the normal situation. Let's get on with this, shall we? Chapter 19 is pretty short. It's like six or seven minutes, and so is chapter 20. 19 is The Proposition named after one of my favorite Western films, written by my personal literary idol, Nick Cave. It's about an outlaw that's given nine days to kill his older brother in order to save his younger brother. It's been a hot minute since we last spoke, so a quick reminder might be in order. If not for you, then for me. The house is surrounded by a strange collective of zombie-like creatures. The woodman has been informed that Mombi used his wife Beatrice as a holding cell for Ozma's sister Gracia before getting trapped in the Grey Fields. So here we are now, Dorothy and company, finding themselves captive in Dorothy's house in the Grey Fields. The encampment that surrounds the house has grown, and the creatures are all mysteriously digging. The woodman points out that they've met Ozma, and Gracia has been accounted for, but that still leaves three sisters unaccounted for. It's at this point that Ozma and Lothor inform them that they are free to go, on one condition— because there's always at least one condition. They find and kill Ozma's remaining sisters. It is found out that because the sisters are witches, they can't kill each other. Kind of like how a witch can't kill herself. They're basically one person split into... I feel like you get it. You're smart. Anyway, they needed Gracia to kill the sisters. But Dorothy and her band of killers are a little more well-suited for the task. The comparisons to the film The Proposition 
kind of end there. There's no nine-day time limit. Dorothy isn't trying to save anyone. I mean, I guess the woodman is trying to save his wife. But the moral dilemma Dorothy faces here is very standard for the version of Oz that I've created. Kill some bad people in return for aid getting back home. I can admit, it's a pretty cookie-cutter setup. The wizard is gone, but he has pretty much just been replaced by Ozma and Lothor. Of course, Mister is against this because he's Mister, and of course, Dorothy is willing to accept the deal because she's Dorothy. The story revolves around her, in case you haven't noticed. So, of course, she kind of has to say yes. I'm going to be honest. I have a terrible memory. This is no secret. If you've been listening to me all this time, you know I have a terrible memory. Even for things I've written. Sure, I remember the key points. I have my favorite lines and moments. But I'm like 99% sure this whole digging thing never really pans out or turns into anything. Largely, it's just a remnant of an earlier draft and an earlier idea. On to chapter 20, The Precipice. This chapter doesn't include any big revelations, and it's pretty short. That's not to say it isn't important, though. We see Dorothy as brave and fearless now. She's grown into her leadership role even more since we first met her back in Dark Days. The dynamic has also shifted between her and the Woodman as well. Where he was coercing her into helping him just a few chapters ago, we now see him following her. Just like Mr. or the Lion. And though she's in power and leading this ragtag group of adventurers, her sway over them is showing clear signs of waning. Mr. won't shut up about how terrible this idea is. He even puts his foot down once they reach the precipice, saying he's not willing to go through with Dorothy's plan to jump into the unknown. Cue a Disney song here. Well, right, obviously I can't use that audio, but there's a pretty good chance that the second I said into the unknown, it triggered an involuntary spasm in your brain to sing it anyway. At least, that's the case if you have kids, anyway. I digress. The Woodman also sides with Mister. He's kind of like Meatloaf in that respect. He'll do anything for love. But he won't do that. And by that, I obviously mean jumping into the unknown. <laughs> Sorry. I just couldn't let it go. Anyway, we see Dorothy willing to take matters into her own hands here. Or, I guess, into the lion's paws. We see the great beast's loyalty on display here. All it takes is a gentle nod and BAM! He's knocked his friends into the... void. <laughs> you probably thought I was going to make another Frozen or Disney joke there. But I didn't. You're welcome. This book is split into three parts. 
Not necessarily evenly split, but split nonetheless. Next week's chapter, The Forward Motion of Tipitarius, is the conclusion to part one. After that, we finally get into the portion of this book that is a recreation of Dante's Inferno. It's gonna get nuts. Things are gonna happen, and the story is finally going to pick up. I know this first part can be kind of a slog. It's heavy in history and setting up characters and extra world building. It's a slow burn, and there are some genuinely boring moments. But all that's going to pay off in spades once we get to part two. And once we get to the inevitable part three, well, it will pay off in, I guess, double spades. I don't know, something like that. Anyways, next week, I will post the usual chapter and aftermath. After that, I've got a part one recap. And after that, a very special Dante's Inferno episode. If you don't want to wait for that Dante's Inferno episode, however, you can always find it on my other show, Lost in the Library. Also found wherever you find podcasts. So I guess with that out of the way, I'll just go ahead and say the usual... If I missed something or failed to address something you feel I should have, by all means, let me know. I'm always open to questions, comments, or constructive criticism. You don't have to like this show, though I don't know why you're listening if you don't. But like it or not, you can be nice about it. I know you can. I believe in you. You can always contact me on Twitter. It's DarkDorothyG. You can email me at DarkDaysOfDorothyGale at Outlook.com. You can find me on Instagram, TikTok, or, yes, another Twitter account, where the handle for all of those places is TheOrdinarySun. That's S-U-N. TikTok doesn't have much Dark Days content. It's mostly video games and memes there. My Instagram is a mishmash of stuff, and my non-Dark Days Twitter account is a mix of Dark Days content, complaints about Elon Musk, and short-form news radio fanfiction. Of course, there's also the official Dark Days website, ddofdg.com. As of this recording, it's got some cool Dark Days of Dorothy Gale merchandise, a small amount of Darker Days of Dorothy Gale merchandise, and a collection of artwork, such as photography and sketches. Darker Days of Dorothy Gale has been pulled from Amazon, of my own doing, that is. At this moment, I don't want to charge people for this experience. I want the story of Dorothy Gale to be largely free. If you would like to support the show, however, buying a t-shirt or a sticker or something really is the coolest way to go. I've got a lot of creative ventures going at all times. Photography, writing, podcasting. And believe it or not, I don't do any of this to make money. If for some reason you do want to support me as an artist financially, though, you can always go to buymeacoffee.com slash 
Ordinary Sun. Once again, that's S-U-N. If you do, I'll give you a shout-out on this unsuccessful and obscure podcast. I'll even send you a handwritten thank-you note, complete with a fun little sketch. If you don't want to donate, that's totally fine, too. Honestly, I'm happy to do this either way. Come back next week for Chapter 17, The Forward Motion of Tipitarius. Thanks for listening. I love you all.